Hello and welcome to the Seeds Podcast, your pocket coach for bite-sized transformational shifts. I'm DJ. And I'm Tang Tang. Together, we are your hosts and coaches. So welcome everybody, continuing on from our Conscious Living series. Um, today, we're going to be talking about conscious conversations. And I'm so honored and privileged to introduce a very special guest for today, a really good friend of mine who I've known for more than a decade. So that means I met her when we were 16. <laughs> no, just kidding. Wow, 16. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, she is an author, a leadership consultant, health and wellness coach, a mother, and someone who loves a good conversation from the heart and really good hearty laughter. So allow me to welcome my very special friend, Natasha Dalmia. Yay! Hi, hi, Natasha. <laughs> DJ and hi, Jenkins. Hello, hello. Right. So, just maybe let me start with the first question, Natasha. So, you wrote a book on conscious living, and that's really what we are curious about to explore today with you. Now, um, how is this book related to you know we talk about life giving conversation that you're so passionate in? So, how is this book related to the life giving com? Uh, conversations that you you know you care about Mm, so actually this is so apt and all of my friends or even my clients and people who know me the first thing they're going to do is they're going to laugh of course Natasha you had to you know talk about conversations (laughs) because in any conversation I mean they really do relate uh, me to that and when I began to think of the book I really began to think hmm what is what is the book that is worth being written um, by me? And what mm. is it that's really calling? And just that question allowed me to really pay attention to a lot more details, more present um, in conversations with family, with friends, even with strangers at the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think of conscious conversations with three touchstones. So the three touchstones for me that I began to really focus our three lenses, the first lens is about the truth. So even the book like uh, has the term satsang, which is a Sanskrit word. And the word SAT sat is about the truth. And I realized personally for me, um, 10 years ago, so DJ, what, we were 16? Yes. You know, actually that's timeless. Um, Many a time, I realized I would hesitate speaking the truth, the complete truth, because I felt maybe there wasn't permission given. And then I asked myself, but who gives the permission? It's not the culture, not the society, not others, but for me to be courageous to share my truth. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing was about how can I share my truth with lightness? Because honestly, that's just my truth. And, you know, as I'm listening to another person's story, that that person's truth in terms of experience, in terms of the way the person thinks and is articulating the life experience. So it was how can we do that with a sense of lightness as well as consciousness? And these three touchstones or lenses became stories, how I captured it in the book. And uh, that just allowed me to interview family, friends, um, and come up with stories for the book. Thing, thing. Wow. Right. So we talk about the three uh, attached to the truth, which is exploring and just articulating our truth um, with lightness and with consciousness. Yeah. Right. Um, now, 
when you talk about, you know, when you're younger, you hesitate, you know, hesitant to talk about the truth. And that applies to me as well because that resonates a lot. Yeah. Um, and when I work with leaders, um, they always have this fear of, if I speak the truth, what if I offend the person? What if the mm. person doesn't like me anymore? So how do we address such fear in people? With love. Mm. And that love could start with self-love. It could start with just accepting the way things are. And uh, actually, love brings us so many different emotions. Emotions of truly caring of why we are saying this, why now, and uh, why me. Uh, love brings us the emotion of courage, because when we really care about something. So for instance, when I, when I say I was afraid of speaking about my truth, mm -hmm. it was really even telling my truth to my own parents that, oh, I don't want to study this, and I want to study that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, maybe at times uh, parents have a dream to, for us to go in a particular direction of life. And I was like, but no, wait, that's not where I want to go. And then that has to be spoken and explored and be in a conversation over and over again. So what you're sharing, Tang Tang, with leaders as well, especially right now, you know, how the COVID situation is showing, nobody really mm. knows the answer. So it is an emergent truth where we have to be conscious. And even with all the gravity, how can we have lightness to really just explore things mm. um, with a learning mindset yeah. over and over with our colleagues, clients, stakeholders in a work situation? Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. the lightness is a lot about stepping in, exploring, ex um, and co-creating the answers together rather than having to have a fixed answers in mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say in, in light of all our even our previous um, interviews, whether it's conscious parenting or conscious leadership, this this word curiosity keeps coming mm -hmm. up, um, you know, just in how in our in our way of being right to to be. I think there's something there, uh, at least we need to explore about being conscious and at, at the same time being just curious. You know, I think it, it goes hand in hand. So thank you for sharing that. Mm. Yeah. So speaking of curiosity, I, I was I'm really curious because um, you wrote this book at the time when you were single, <laughs> and you were thinking way ahead <laughs> because you know you were thinking of a grandmother's voice, right? Um, what inspired you to do that? Um, so because it's it's such an interesting, I guess, um, dichotomy of coming from ancestral, but then having courage to speak the truth and then sharing that. So. What was your inspiration to write it from that perspective? The first inspiration was just exactly what I did, which is when the book was published, I went and took it to my grandmother and I said, there, you have your grandchild. And my grandmother <laughs> took my book and hit me with it saying, that's not what I want. I want you to get married and have a baby as a grandchild. <laughs> So the first truth and inspiration was really, I think, more of oh, but what, what can I do to stop my grandmother from, <laughs> you know, speaking her truth about what she wants for me, which was a baby, yeah, yeah. Uh, her great grandchild for that matter. Um, but the inspiration that really, actually, there were different moments of inspiration and a confluence of uh, literally lifetime moments uh, in conversations with different people. But the one thing that uh, got me really thinking about is this question, what really matters in life when we are in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 
60s, 70s, 80s, and the decades can continue. And uh, what is it that's long lasting, that's truly sustainable for human life? And honestly, these questions started with my grandmother, along with conversations with other elderly uh, folks, um, leaders in organizations, parents, and uh, even uh, younger people. And I realized that actually nothing st can stop us from thinking like a grandparent of who we might want to be in our own vision of our future. So putting myself out there, it was a very um, experiential moment where I had this inspiration to say, ah, what if I had a grandchild right now in this scenario? What is the conversation I would like to have with my grandchild? And I didn't even think of my child or from a practical point of view, but more from a sustainable vision and a values long-term perspective. Mm. The inspiration came and I began writing. And, you know, as many writers would agree, once you start writing, it's almost like something else takes over. There's a different consciousness. Yeah. So that was my experience. Yeah. And, and actually, I read the book. Yeah. And um, I, I like it because uh, it is fun yeah. perspective and it's a very unique perspective that you're actually writing letters to your own grandchildren. And the way you ask questions to your own grandchildren to think about certain issue that stuck with them at that time. And then you try to provide perspective for them to think about. Now, so, talk, so I'm just curious whether, is there a story um, that, um, you know, really inspire you from your grandmother or from your own parents uh, that you have shared in the book, uh, which maybe at this point you could kind of share it with our listeners? Oh, I love that question, Teng Teng. Thank you. Um, so I come from a small town near Darjeeling where a lot of my childhood was really a lot of time to get bored with. And today it seems boredom is the luxury. <laughs> yeah, how I wish yeah. Yeah. to get distracted. <laughs> so what would I do to fill up that boredom was to have conversations with my grandmother. And I realized um, when I kind of grew up and I left home and I came to Singapore and got busier in my life, in career, in, yeah, just living the life that I always envisioned, I kind of started missing those conversations with my grandmother and also with uh, just slowing down with my mother too and just slowing down and exploring, having a conversation for the sake of it, for the sake of the story, for diving into the meaning behind the story that's held by the storyteller. And uh, those emotions kind of caught up with me in the busyness of life. And I realized, wow, I'm not getting bored anymore, which means I'm not slowing down enough to allow myself to reflect. And that's when it became a deliberate practice to slow down to reflect. And at that point, I didn't even know about mindfulness or other such practices that today, journaling, mindfulness, we have it uh, as practices for us to really begin to explore these elements of slowing down in a very busy, rushed life. Mm. So mm. that has been my journey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a particular quote that's your favorite or... Yeah, because there were a lot of um, really good quotes in the book. Or maybe there's yeah. something, there's a new one that's emerged for you um, in light of all the changes in life, right? Yeah, <clears throat> it's like, like you'll say, uh, I don't know about the favorite quote, but the quote that was really bummed into me and it's all, like, it was my mother's voice uh, was like, <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, DJ, you're already laughing, right? Because the way she said it was very different from the way I wrote it and, you know, the way it sounds in the book. But it was more <laughs> like, ah, oh, like with everything that you're doing and everything that you're aspiring, just remember, be humble and stay grounded. And I was like, okay, be humble and stay grounded. <laughs> Very important quote. <laughs> but it was often even said to me in exasperation uh, from my mother as I pushed boundaries. And uh, yeah, I guess that would be connected to conscious parenting, right? As a parent today, I know how children want to push our boundaries starting from age one. Oh. <laughs> we didn't realize the terrible twos continue till the terrible thirties and forties. <laughs> pushing our parents' trigger buttons. And, uh, yeah, so the quotes that really came from the heart. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Stay humble. Be grounded. Stay grounded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember a story that you wrote where you were working in one of the, um, not hey, I think it's one of the uh, job that you had. And then you have a colleague um, that is being transferred from the headquarter. Because at that time, you were based in Mumbai. And then one of the colleagues is a, uh, that, you know, was transferred to work with you. And um, for that posting, you know, when the person came and worked with you, you were um, not treating the person in the best way that you would have hoped for. And when the person mm. left, um, and then you, were, you met him again in a gathering, and then he was saying something bad about you, right? So that story um, kind of reminded me a lot of times when we thought we were, behaving in the best intended way. Um, and then when someone came uh, and we, we are not very happy with that person or we have a very difficult relationship with that person, we didn't, we don't say what we want to say, we held back, right? And, and, um, and then that resulted in a very, uh, I would say not so, uh, not so a, um, good outcome in the end, right? So that's what I remember the story that you talk about. So I'm curious, right? If we mm. have a situation like that, when we have to work with someone that's so difficult, but uh, we do not want to offend the person, right? How do we then use this life-giving conversations um, frame mm. to help us to unpack some of these uh, challenges that we have in this relationship? Great question, Teng Teng. So speaking of the truth, the first cornerstone is exactly that, which is accepting and really seeing the truth of ourselves because we all have all literally shades of emotions in us and how sometimes the judgment, the voice of judgment, the voice of fear takes over and that makes us say and do things that perhaps hopefully we have a chance to learn from, which is what I did. Mm. And uh, when I reflected back on that story and the question that you're asking today, it's going back to really going into the three. Uh, so the next, what is a conversation? If I ask myself, conscious or unconscious, what is a conversation comprised of? Primarily, there is speaking and there is listening. And from the speaking element, there could be two parts. One is telling, uh, sharing something, or the other is asking something. I realized in all these three parts of telling, asking, and listening in a conversation, we, we have a choice at every moment. What mm -hmm. are we choosing to listen to? Are we listening to our own judgment or are we really listening to what the other person's story and essence is? When we are sharing, are we sharing things in order to 
we have an intent to make the person in front of us feel small or are we sharing truly out of graciousness and out of the truth expressing what we like and what we don't like but taking full ownership of it and when we are asking questions are we asking questions to put the person in front of us down or to make that person and our relationship or the situation rise mm. so we have a choice and mm. once i realized oh my god i am responsible for my choice there was no looking back at that and that choice comes to haunt you as a parent time and time again comes to comes back uh, to make us reflect to be more truth, truthful with ourselves actually in any and every relationship mm. beautiful Yeah, yeah. The, you know the simple way we look at conversation, telling, asking, mm. listening, but also to ask ourselves: Are we doing asking and listening, or just telling? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I have to say, one of my insights from what you just shared, right? This speaking the truth is not just externally to the outside world, but speaking the truth to ourselves. Because in that moment, right, you spoke the truth to yourself about taking responsibility for the choice you're making. So, yeah, it, it's it's both ways. It's an inward truth speaking, and it's an outward truth speaking as well. That takes yeah. a lot of courage. Absolutely, right? absolutely, yeah. and that's why in most of my letters to the grandchildren, uh, I would start with this. Uh, Uh, using the A B C D, right? Like, of course, we're yeah. going to learn a lot of work, and I'm seeing that with my one-year-old baby today, where she's learning, like, you know, well, where I'm trying to share with her, oh, A for avocado, or you know, <laughs> B for balloon, or uh, apple ball, etc. But what is our language to describe our emotions mm. at different stages of our lives? And I realized at some point I had no language to describe my emotions other than angry. And upset, or I'm okay. These yeah. three words not really uh, didn't do justice to the range of emotions I experienced and felt. So just having that word yeah. to describe our inner self, DJ, as you say, speaking the truth to ourselves, and be able to even have a language to describe it. Yeah. Wow, I was gonna be. I was. I was about to. I was expecting you to say you were teaching Shania A for anger, B for <laughs> balance, C for. I'm like, whoa, that's super advanced. <laughs> oh, now you've given me an idea, DJ. Hmm, let me try that experiment and come back and tell you what it looks like. <laughs> but but that's so true. I mean, uh, naming the emotion. Um, yeah, just it's it's a great. Uh, language to have at early at an early stage in life to just yeah to to tap into the intuition and the heart right and this is what i'm feeling and i have a word for it that's because normally we think the feeling but i think yeah. if, we, if at, at such a young age we allow them to to have a label to feel it then it's yeah it's great thank mm-hmm. you I, i think that's all part of just being more and more aware yeah exactly. right yeah 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 Okay, so um, is there any other thing you'd like you you wish to share to our listeners, Nat? Um, and then after that, maybe just uh, perhaps one coaching question to help our listeners um, really practice the muscle of conscious conversations and life-giving conversations day to day, and maybe a practice that can help them as well. Hmm. So as I. S- Thank you for that. As I'm uh, that question, um, as I began to think about conscious conversation, I didn't write. But if I were to write a second book, it would be conscious 
silence like no conversation because <laughs> it's only in silence <laughs> i love that. that we can actually be self aware and we can actually look within and we can feel and experience and today we call that in many terms in a group setting like holding the space for mm. each other mm. um but for ourselves as well we can really start with conscious silence so the coaching question i'd love to leave for all of us to practice with is what is your practice of taking out a few moments of conscious silence where you sit and you listen to whatever it is that is emerging for you thoughts emotions ideas dreams or even a voice that says oh i'm so bored of this <laughs> and just yet allowing yourself to sit with it yes all right wow i love that that's so beautiful conscious silence um thank you so much nat for spending some time with us today and sharing all about the uh i just i don't know the heart is the image that keeps coming to my mind but yeah this life giving conversations thank you